Hey everybody, welcome to episode 52 here on What About Therapy. I'm Enoch Fossum and I'm a certified mindfulness life coach. And I'm Austin Ivey and I'm certified in the basics of acceptance and commitment therapy. And we're both going to school to be marriage and family therapists. And today we're going to ask the age-old question, what came first, the motivation or the discipline? Let's get right into it. Okay, well, welcome to episode, episode, uh, I almost said episode, 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 episode 52. That was really Crazy. in sync. <laughs> yeah, it was. So also, or side note, we're uh, housekeeping items, Yeah, I yeah. guess. We're sorry we didn't upload last week. Last week, last week was just crazy. I guess I should say this week, this Tuesday. This week. Yeah, this Tuesday. Because we uploaded last week. Uh, it's on Tuesday. I got COVID last week on Sunday, and then I've just been slowly recovering, and then today's the first day that I actually felt good enough to go into work and actually you know, start my day and yeah, actually get up and do things. Mm-hmm. I was working that whole time. I was just thankfully um, able to work from home, but so that's why, and Austin was just had other activities that it just really didn't work Super out. Super busy, yeah. If we don't, if it doesn't happen on the day that we plan it for, I usually plan things around it. And so if it doesn't happen yeah. on that day, it just doesn't happen because we yeah. just, like I have a busy life, and so does Enoch because we're both yeah. doing our own thing. So it's just finding time to do it because we. This is just an extra like a curricular activity right now, unfortunately. Right. And one day down the road, if you guys stick around long enough, and we're actually licensed, we're going to be doing this long maybe probably time. a lot more religiously at that point because we're going to yeah. have more time to do it and. A lot more experience and it's only going to get better from there so if right. you stick around you can call yourself an og <laughs> right i mean we can't be too hard on ourselves we've only missed a very tiny amount of episodes yeah. i think it's because we were so Relatively. regular for so long that now yeah. it's like we, we run into a hiccup for the last like month i would say where it was just kind of irregular for about a month now on and off yeah it just feels weird but yeah i mean no one's <laughs> but we're sticking to our values and we're still recording we're doing it as much as we can and just because it's not uh, wasn't on tuesday doesn't mean we can't do it yeah and we're this isn't so, like a traditional thursday episode it's a yeah. type of episode we usually release on tuesday but who cares we don't we just want to talk cares? about this thing exactly this is a very it could be a very broad topic i think it's a topic that um a lot of people have heard enough about we joked about the Suko's mad about it. Yes, yeah, um, upset. We talked about before we start recording how there's so many people out there that are willing to spend so much money and effort going to motivational seminars and paying people to come do a motivational seminar at their company or their uh, their conference, whatever it may be. Yeah, and it's a lot of the same old stuff that has been being reiterated by motivational speakers since the beginning of time. Right, and so. We're going to be talking a little bit more about that today, but maybe some of the more clinical aspects of discipline and motivation, and hopefully not diluting it, but simplifying it, and hopefully making it a thing that you can grasp onto and start applying into your life. So I guess really my spiel, thesis, idea, theory when it comes to discipline versus motivation is that um, I have this cliche that I've always told myself. Like this is how I kind of see it is that discipline is earned and motivation is luck. And so focusing on the discipline in your life is how you're going to find the success that you're looking for. And that's probably the cliche that has been said in different ways for lots and lots of years for motivational speakers. But at least that's kind of my thesis about the whole idea of discipline and that 
motivation doesn't necessarily even follow discipline. It's an entirely different thing. They're mm-hmm. totally, they're two, they're on two different islands. One's not better than the other because they're not even comparable in my mind. Because like they're when someone asks, what's better, Lord of the Rings or Star Wars? Yeah, that's a <laughs> stupid question because they're different things and I can absolutely yeah. agree with that. It, or it's yeah. like saying, um, I might even think of a better analogy than that because that's perfect because they're, you can't compare the two. Like you can compare Star Trek and Star Wars. Sure. Um, yeah. Or you could compare The Office versus like Parks and Rec Parks or and something Rec, like yeah. that. But you can't compare discipline and motivation because they're so wildly different. One is agency. One is luck. One is um, conscious decision making. One is the other is, I don't know, just found or not even earned. Just kind of happens to you. Yeah. It's like a stroke of, oh, I'm, mo- I'm motivated today. Right. You, don't, you don't have to try. And I guess that's something that we'll dig into, but that's my general thesis about the about the whole subject. Yeah, I mean, I think it just all depends on what you think motivation is. Like, for the longest time, I looked at motivation as what the majority of people think of it as, which is just a, a feeling of feeling good, you know, feeling motivated, feeling like you have the energy to actually go and do something. But I came to learn later on, I forget who says, who says it, um, but they say that motivation is not a feeling, it's a decision. Hmm. And so for ever since then, like my senior year of high school or something, um, I I came to view motivation that way. Have motivations a decision? And yeah, I mean that's the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. But through for this episode, the majority of people think of motivation as um, feeling good, feeling like they have the energy to do something. And motivation is strictly based off of your emotions, like how you feel, you know? And so if you wake up on the wrong side of the bed and you're not motivated to go to work or you're not motivated to go to the gym, then you might not. Or if you do, you'll do it grudgingly and hate your life. And then lose the the desire to participate in that activity in the future. Or want to quit your job. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's kind of where we find the common ground there as well is that if my, myself included for the longest time and still even now that a motivation is needs to come before you do anything else. If you're not motivated, sure. that means it's not worth doing. If you're not motivated to do it, that means something is wrong with you. Yeah. And that's kind of how, how I've always felt up until this point in my life where I've learned a little more about it and started applying different skills. Yeah. But how it's a lot of other people feel too, that if you're not feeling the motivation to do something, then there must be something that needs fixing in your life. And that, that could be very well the case. Like there could be something, some aspect of your life that's making it more difficult for you to make the decision to do the thing that you're neglecting. That could be very true. But at the end of the day, to do that thing, no matter how well you take care of yourself, no matter how hard you work at creating the best circumstance for yourself, right? it's always going to be a choice no matter what. And if you're always relying on the motivation, if all the decisions you're making is to can what's the word I'm looking for Encanto? to Encanto. <laughs> to make motivation appear into your life. If, that, if all these actions are in your life that you're taking is to somehow create motivation out of thin air, then you're always going to be let down because motivation, in my opinion, cannot be created Yeah. in the way that a lot of people think that it can. Like if I do this thing, then I'll be motivated. Mm-hmm. And I think there's this really great quote that I wanted to pull from this specific rant um great author 
motivational speaker, that cliche motivational speaker that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> um, but he's primarily an author, podcast host. He's a Navy SEAL. We talked about him before. He's a huge inspiration to me, and I listen to his podcast a lot. So all credit goes to him. His name is Jonko Willick. Amazing, amazing person. Um, started a company on his own. It's like it makes amazing pants, <laughs> like boots that are American-made. Can't go wrong with some good pants. Yeah, especially some American American <laughs> denim jeans. Um, and that's what he makes, and some really nice boots, and everything is made in the U.S., all that stuff. Um, he's trying to bring back manufacturing to the United States, that kind of stuff. That's his whole drive. And uh, he, in his book called Discipline Equals Freedom, I think that's what it's called, um, mm-hmm. he yep. says that don't expect to be motivated every day to get out there and make things happen. You won't be. Don't count on motivation. Count on discipline. And then later in the book, he says that motivation is fickle. It be, it comes and goes. It is unreliable when you're counting on motivation to get your goals accomplished. Well, if it is unreliable, and when you are counting on motivation to get your goals accomplished, you will likely f- fall short. Mm. And I think that's what a lot of people, myself including, have done in the past. That they rely on motivation to be their driver to get out of bed in the morning, to yeah. start this project, to start this company, to work on this product or whatever it is, yeah. or to ask for that raise. doesn't matter what it is um, that would require action. I think people are just sitting around waiting for that to come. Mm-hmm. And it just it doesn't work that way. And like I was mm-hmm. saying earlier, discipline is earned and created, and motivation is found and kind of just, just, just I don't know, like placed upon people. Yeah. That's kind of my viewpoint on it. And one analogy that I have always thought to myself is that if like discipline is the self-made millionaire, the person who's worked hard to create a company, to create themselves who they are, build up their life from like from scratch, like the American dream, quote unquote, sure. that's what you want to call yeah. it. Then motivation is the guy who got a million dollars from his dad on his 16th birthday or the guy who just bought a lottery ticket at a random 7-Eleven and then they won the lottery. Yeah. It was all just sheer luck. And so that's why motivation is such an unreliable source. It's like relying on your finances to come from the lottery or to come from some unlikely source. If you're relying on motivation to get you out of bed, it's going to be the same as relying on lightning to power your, your TV. You know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not really going to happen. You can't rely on it. It's the likelihood of motivation coming in the exact, in the exact moment at the exact time, right when you open your eyes, when you wake up in the morning, is so unreliable. That's what makes discipline such a important subject that it can be found and created with the proper circumstances and the proper mindset, I guess. Yeah. You know, and that's something I, I mean, I still struggle with and I feel mm-hmm. like motivated to go to the gym in the morning, you know, 6 a.m., 5 a.m., gym time, baby. When I'm setting my alarm at 11 p.m., I'm like, oh, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do this, <laughs> yeah. And then I wake up, I'm like, oh, I don't feel motivated to do this, so I'm going to not do it. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate. I mean, maybe not with the gym, but with other things, like I'm going to do this. You go to a motivational speaker, you get all pumped and amped for a solid hour, you feel good for a day, and then all of a sudden that feeling goes away. You're like, what the heck, man? I spent a thousand dollars on that three-day seminar, and I'm not feeling motivated anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had, anyway, yeah. It's so visceral, you know. Like it yeah. happens. It's fickle. It's fickle. It's yeah. 
fickle fig. It's a, <laughs> it's very visceral and yeah. like short. It's like taking ibuprofen for a headache that's caused by dehydration rather than staying hydrated throughout the day every day. And we've talked about that before yeah. in different subjects, but yeah. And this is kind of like willpower. We're going to talk about probably here in a second, but yeah. it's the difference between short-term gratification versus long-term success. Right. Yeah. That's really what it boils down to. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Like, um, motivation is based off of instant gratification Mm -hmm. and it's really powerful because instant gratification brings up strong emotions instantly right Mm -hmm. gives you that dopamine hit like austin and i were talking about video games and how they're designed to give you that dopamine hit you know that gratification and then keep playing for more of that dopamine that instant gratification and then when we like beat a game we move on to another game Mm -hmm. to get more dopamine and that's what it's all about. You feel motivated because you're chasing that high. Yeah. And discipline is really the complete opposite. It's not going after the high. It's simply going for, I guess, just stable pleasure over time that eventually will bring you higher rewards, if you will, than if you just focused on motivation and getting those little hits of dopamine all the time. Yeah, I think a lot of the motivational quotes and a lot of the motivational speakers, they act, and this is not at all clinical or research-based, but just kind of like based off what you're saying, what I would assume and theorize is that the motivational speakers and quotes, books, like the really feel-good stuff that you hear from going to a three-day motivational seminar, um, the motivation, it acts on the same parts of your brain that like, like fatty foods do you know and like yeah Mm -hmm. drugs alcohol pornography things like that like that just feels so good for such a short period of time it's like such a high spike and then decide just i said discipleship (laughs) (laughs) um discipline um is a very steady middle ground yeah it's just the same with little bumps up a little maybe a little bit bumps down but it's that middle ground that we've talked about a lot in the past with previous episodes it's being willing to experience like long-term growth upwards that doesn't have a whole lot of like excitement but builds into one day an amazing creation rather than right really really high spikes that instantly go down to really low lows immediately after that yeah so it's like the high risk high reward type of thing yeah kind of because you with discipline you still get a high reward it just takes more time right yeah and there's a, a quote I really like from medium.com. We'll post it down below in the bio. It says, uh, a lack of discipline is a sign of a child who is always nervous and dissatisfied, dissatisfied with himself or herself and the world around him or her. I think that is just a really powerful quote there because, I mean, this article also talks about how we are basically raised on motivation right and i mean if you think about it coming out of the womb we need to get we are simply motivated to eat to i guess i don't know if we're motivated to sleep as babies probably kind of driven to yeah Yeah. like everything's very carnal and like instinctual yeah Yeah. there's not i don't think babies have the cognitive capacity (laughs) to practice a discipline "Hmm, i need to sleep right now yeah i really need to discipline myself to start walking (laughs) right yeah well with that being said it's exactly right like we're raised off of that just motivation the mammalian side of the brain 
mm-hmm. right? The pleasure center that forms a lot sooner before the the neocortex, the prefrontal cortex, where we actually make decisions and we actually can have discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, as little babies, we don't have that. So yeah. we're raised, I mean, raised literally using only our mammalian brain for quite some time. Because it's the only part of the brain that's working. Right. Like really at that point. Yeah. yeah. So it's not your fault. It's just the... The quote is just saying here, those who have a lack of discipline, obviously when you're a bit older, if you have a lack of discipline, it's a sign of a child who is always nervous and dissatisfied with himself because they simply cannot use, I guess not cannot, have a difficult time using that prefrontal cortex to actually make decisions and to hold off on instant gratifications. And... That's just interesting. And mm-hmm. so keep that in mind. Like if that's something that you struggle with, uh, a lack of discipline or overindulging yourself and like if you see something, you know, impulsive buying, you have to just buy, you have to have it, whatever it is, just keep that in mind where maybe you just haven't given yourself a shot to actually withhold something ever since childhood. If you grew up with parents that indulge you with things, you can have whatever you want, mm-hmm. then your discipline when you get older is is going to be lacking in that field. So Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I, I'm only going to speak for myself. I don't want to say people because maybe other people don't deal with this. But what I found in my life is that like in certain aspects of my life that I like discipline in, I literally didn't know what the long-term outcomes of that thing could be. Right. I just had no clue. It was always just the the alternate, like the short-term instant gratification that is really short-lived. And so if there's nothing wrong with you if you find things in your life that you seek after instant gratification for. Like if you're wanting to work out because in that moment you just want to feel good or like yeah. you just want to, I don't know, the input the thing is here and the instant gratification that follows, it doesn't matter. If you find yourself doing that because you want to feel good in that moment, there's nothing wrong with that. I just think that those desires are misguided and your values are a little bit skewed. And so if you have a thing that you find yourself always seeking after instant gratification and looking for motivation to do but never do and seeking after those spikes of dopamine that Enoch was talking about, yeah, take some time to research, think about, meditate on what are the possible long-term outcomes of this thing that I'm doing if I were to practice some discipline and some patience, what, what could that look like if I were to practice discipline in this moment? Let's say if it is working out, if you lack the motivation to get up and work out or to go to work, go to the gym after work and you want to do it just to feel good in the moment and to feel the pumps and things like that, think to yourself like, well, what is the possible long-term outcomes of me going to the gym every day after work? Like, yeah, you might get abs and some some big muscles and things like that. But even go further than that, what is what is your life going to be like when you're 80 years old? Right. You're going to be a lot healthier. Your brain's, like, literally this is, like, prov- like unprovable, but scientifically researched that people who focus more on exercise in their earlier years, especially 2030s, they live longer and are, they're healthier for longer. So not only yeah. they live longer, they live more full lives for longer. Yeah. If you focus on your physical health earlier on in your life, you have more leg muscles so you can move around more so you can do more things that you like. Your brain stays healthier for longer, things like that. So moving beyond things that that are more carnal, like the way that you look, because you're 
you might look pretty good up until you're like your 50s, 55. I've seen some pretty ripped 50-year-olds and pretty ripped 60-year-olds, yeah. but you're not going to look like that when you're 70. But at the very least, you can still do things that you love. Yeah. And I guess that's what I'm meaning when I talk about really long-term stuff. Like, you go further than just 30 years. Go into like, how could this thing, if I were to discipline myself to do it, how is this going to benefit me 40 years from now? Right. And I think that's a good way to be mindful of how important the thing that you want to do is. Yeah. And then you can start to find the strength to in, to input discipline into your life. Sure. And what is that like for you? Yeah. I would say, um, oh, where was I, where was I going to go with this? I think motivation is all about, or I guess discipline mm-hmm. is all about creating a need. So in, in one of the articles here, the one on medium.com, it talks about how this older guy was told by his doctor, if he keeps eating this way, then he's going to die of a heart attack in a couple years. And so instantly the old man started to work out more and go for a run every single day. Sun, shine, uh, rain, cold, whatever it was, he always went on a run. And even after a year of working out every day, he didn't need to anymore because he wasn't at risk anymore of, of a heart attack. But he kept doing it because he created a need of like, seeing his grandchildren when he has them. You know, or being able to do things that he loves when he's older because he's able to be uh, active now. You know, and the article even says, like, think of the last time you had to go to the bathroom really bad. You weren't really motivated technically. You didn't feel good to go to the bathroom. Mm. You had a need. You had to go to the bathroom. And that's why you went. It's not necessarily because you were pumped up and ready to go. Yeah. It's because, oh, crap, I got to go to the bathroom. Like, literally, you know, crap. So... (laughs) (laughs) so you need to just think of your think of what you want to do and create a need around that like if you want to go to the gym what's the need or what's the value behind Mm -hmm. that like we've talked about a lot of the times and almost probably every episode since austin's gotten here is creating values yeah and in a sense that's a need you need to have values in your life for direction and so when you create that value you create that need that will give you the discipline or the energy to hold off on that instant gratification of, oh, you know, overindulging yourself in a bunch of junk food. I'm not saying that you can't have cake every once in a while because you totally can. Oh, yeah. That's a different topic for another day. Mm-hmm. But it's just about holding out and having that long-term goal and not doing anything that would really disrupt that long-term value that you're that you go after i think you highlight an important aspect of something that i wasn't really able to um comprehend like up until recently is that discipline is it's not just finding something and saying i'm going to be disciplined now it's creating a need for it it's um actively looking for aspects of that thing that are going to drive you and you really don't want to do it like again like i love i love the analogy of the bathroom thing because yeah Willpower often falls short because you're the subconscious, whatever you want to call it, your brain, your mind says it's really not that important. I really don't need to do it because it doesn't understand the the why behind it, the need. The brain yeah. makes bathroom such an important thing because it hurts to hold <laughs> it in. Yeah, it really, It's an embarrassing to do it in public and you don't yeah. want to ruin your favorite pair yeah. of pants. 
in those in jeans by uh, what's by the guy's origin, company? Yeah, by Junko. <laughs> by Origin. Origin <laughs> jeans. You don't. Those things are expensive. You don't want to. You don't want to ruin yeah, those. No you want to make a mess of those. And so, you need to metaphorically um, create your task into wedding it. Like, what is the equivalent of wedding your pants to that value? <laughs> and I think you need to understand yeah. that. Like, if sure. exercise, I, that's such such an easy one to go off of. Mm-hmm. Or you could even say eating healthy. If I if I continue to eat the way that I'm eating, what is going to happen? Because in the in the bathroom analogy, if I don't go to the bathroom right now, I will pee my pants and it will be disgusting and it'll be everywhere. And that's so instant. And that's why it's so easy for our brain to comprehend that. But when things are 50, 60 years down the road, even like a year down the road, um, you have to consciously figure out, I guess this is kind of going back to what I was talking about, combining it with you were talking about, you need to consciously figure out what is the urgency there? Mm-hmm. What is about this that one day is going to be a real problem? Not a real problem, but what is something that is going to be a problem in my life? What is something that is going to impede my values, impede on my values, if I don't start taking care of this now and start taking ownership of it? Yeah. Like exercise is a good example because if I don't start waking up on time, if I don't just drive to the gym after work, um, then I'm going to one day, very likely not have the energy to play with my kids mm-hmm. or I'm not going to have the, um, the physical capability to play with my grandkids in the yard and to work the way that I like to work. I like, I want to buy a house one day and fix it up and make home improvements over time. And I'm not going to be able to do that if I don't take care of my body now. Right. So you seem to create that sense of urgency that comes from like the same type of urgency in a way that comes when you need to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I think that encapsulates discipline so perfectly. Right, because when you need to go to the bathroom, you're not thinking they're sitting like, ah, ah, my emotions are telling me no. I don't feel like going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't think about that. Yeah, you know? it's just it never crosses your mind. <laughs> right, you're like, ah, you know, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. I'm just gonna wet the bed today. How about that? Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let it happen. Yeah, like, <laughs> just gonna go up the flow, man. <laughs> another, another pun. <laughs> but like, you don't think about that. Like, and think about that. Like you don't think about it at all. I've never, that's never crossed my mind. Yeah. Like I just don't feel like going. Pee. You just, yeah. Like, you really, really need to pee. And like, you it's just, just, you're on the verge. I've never thought to myself, not feeling motivated to go to the urinal it, right man. now. Like, yeah. I just, I'll try again tomorrow. Right. I'm feeling it, but I'm not like emotionally feeling it. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, the urgency that needs to be created that you need to see your goals as on the brink of peeing your pants in a way. Like that needs to sure, be the yeah. vision that you have yeah. in a, in an altered way. But yeah. at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And I think this is, this is why I love acceptance and commitment therapy mm-hmm. so much is because it's based off of, I mean, it's not based off of this, but I mean, in a way it is, it's about finding your values that creates that need and allows you to live the life that you actually want to live and not just be sucked into the world we're in now where all you want is immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. You know, and that brings me to a quote here from, again, the medium.com article. It says, an orientation of actions toward pleasure is an artificially imposed societal stimulus for the individual, distracting people from their goals and forcing them to move in a circle for the benefit of marketing and experts and corporations. Orientation towards pleasure is a sign of an undeveloped infantile personality and is such an individual uh, who is the easiest to manage and benefit from. So if 
you do lack discipline and you, all you're going off of is your emotions and people you're much more likely to be taken advantage of because if you feel good if someone makes you feel good like a boss a friend whatever then you're more motivated to do what they tell you to do even if you may not want to mm-hmm. and it's these big corporations like gaming companies all that again we're not saying gaming's bad we Austin and I both play video games <laughs> yep <clears throat> um this is just the way that they work like they're based off of like literally psychologically based off of making you feel good when you play them so you'll keep playing and to chase that high and if that's all you're used to and you're not used to holding back emotions holding back that instant gratification then that's exactly who these companies are after and that's why they benefit so much because people play games all day long just to chase that immediate high and they're not getting anywhere in life yeah i i love the the analogy you made there with like the kind of being driven by your feelings because yeah. in Russ Harris's book The Happiness Trap he called it just a little analogy that he makes called getting on the feelings bus hmm. where because like a huge proponent of acceptance and commitment therapy is if you're if you're passenger driven that means you're not living a fulfilled life and being passenger driven hmm. means that you are just taken by every wind of of feeling that you have like this person wants me to do this I'm just going to go do it like you're you're yeah. a passenger in the seat of life rather than the driver in the seat of life and the car of the seat in the seat of the car <laughs> of life. Um, and so Russ yeah. Harris draws this analogy of getting on the feelings bus and being a passenger yeah. and the feelings bus takes you to good places. You get to see cool things and it feels good. Like you get to go look at the celebrity houses and he just, he draws the analogy out in that way. But he says like the, getting on the feelings bus is listening to, I'm too tired. I feel tired. I feel hungry. I, I don't feel like getting up. I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing my homework. It's allowing your feelings to take the steering wheel from you and make your decisions for you. Yeah. And being psychologically, psychologically being um yeah, psychologically flexible along with having a um a driver mindset where you're in control of your life and you have agency the Victor Frankl mentality mancer for meaning you are in control of any circumstance that you are in and can decide how you're going to respond to any given circumstance, no matter how hard it is. And yeah. I'm not saying that people's lives aren't hard and that discipline is probably really hard for some people to, to come by. Like if you're missing a leg and you want to, you have a goal to start running, that's going to be hard. It's right. going to be hard to find the discipline to for do sure. the things necessary to start yeah. running. That's an entirely different discussion. I guess we're just speaking broadly about discipline in general, but you need to do what it takes to take the steering wheel back and to drive, to get out of the feelings bus and to get onto the values, to get into the values car, onto the value yeah. scooter, whatever you want to yeah. call that. You are the passenger, you are the driver of, and you are control of the destination. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's not Russ Harris. Is it Stephen Hayes, the get out of your mind and into your life? Yeah. Yeah. It's Stephen Hayes. I get those two mixed up. Me too. The same content basically. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Stephen Hayes literally has a book, the founder of Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, called Get Out of Your Mind and Into Your Life. And that's what this is all about, man. I mean, it's about not letting your emotions run your life. It's about taking control and doing things that you love. That doesn't mean you're going to be excited to do what you love every day. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know that sounds weird, but, like, you take your dream job, for example. 
you do that dream job for 10 years, you're not going to want to do that some days because you're mm-hmm. going to be tired of it. You're going to be sick of it. But having values around what you're doing and having goals, and I know we had a whole episode of why you don't want to make goals and just yeah, have values. Yeah, New Year's. <laughs> but you get, you get what we're saying. Um, having values, I guess you do set goals. It's just we talked about the differences there. Yeah. So having values and setting goals, you'll be able to work towards that even when you don't want to. Like I, I know a couple people, and I know you might even know a couple people in your life where they don't work at a job for more than six months or a year because they are tired of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like if you're if you're tired of a job, it's really that bad. You can always leave. Oh, yeah. but, Please leave. Yeah. But I know of people who go from job to job to job to job because they're like, eh, I don't like it here anymore. I don't feel like going into work. Or, I don't feel like going into work. And so they go get a new job. I'm the culprit of that. Almost, I did that today. I didn't want to go into work today. Like I, I yeah. feel that. Like I understand. But yeah, I see, but like we were going. You with did. This. Yeah. Austin yeah. and I actually now work at the same place. Yeah, we sit next to each other. <laughs> which Super is cute. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he did. He was there. He showed up. He had discipline to actually show up and go into work and not just let his emotions control him and say, ah, oh, I'm not going to go. I yeah. don't feel like it. That's a great analogy. And I don't know if you're done or not, I'd love to go on a little rant just yeah, for a second about ahead, that. Please. Perfect example. I've done this so many times in my life. I left a job because I didn't feel like it. Um, most recently when I did this was when I worked at another company with a lot of my friends. I worked with my wife there. I actually kind of technically met my wife there in a way but we actually worked with my wife there too yeah it's a i'm not gonna say the name it doesn't matter um but we were working there and i was working with a lot of friends and it was a good company to work for at the time and paid well considering the economic circumstances and things like that and it got to a point where there was aspects of the job that i didn't feel good about and then i didn't like viscerally and it was just like "Eh, i don't like this type (laughs) of thing and um i I love my job now so much. I'm so glad that Ina convinced me to work for his company. My wife can, because my wife also works for the same company that me and Ina yeah, work for. Weird. Awesome company. <laughs> um, yeah. They both convinced me that it's a great company to work for. And I'm so glad I did. But looking back on this time in my life, from the time of quitting that job to hiring on this job, I regretted leaving that one job that I was really whiny about because mm, yeah. it sucked for like five months. They were just cracking down some micromanaging rules and they were doing some weird stuff. But they ended up, like increasing benefits packages, doing giveaways all the time. They they weren't doing PTO before. They started doing PTO. They started doing paid holidays. They increased their benefits a ton, and they increased wages, increased their compensation with um, uh, commissions because it was like mm-hmm. a kind of a commission based thing. Yeah. And now my really good friend who's working there now he makes really good money there. He doesn't necessarily passionate about his job, but he makes really good money. And that's primarily how, primarily how I'm motivated right now because I'm still working towards my career, but. <laughs> Um, I regret leaving that just because I let the visceral part of me, the little, um, mammalian brain take over and be like, you don't feel good about this. You should just find something that feels better. Yeah. And I I really regret that because I acted against my values so heavily. I just left. I gave up and I, that's whatever the opposite of giving up is determination. That's a huge value of mine of like sticking with it, being determined, having grit, getting hurt along the way and looking back and seeing how good it was for you that's why i love playing football yeah um i regret that so seriously there's a perfect example of how i i let the motivation decide what i was going to do because i was no longer motivated at that job yeah and again like enix said if you have a job you're not motivated in there's circumstances where you should leave especially if it's toxic for sure yeah we're not saying just you know if you're 
you feel like leaving a job and you leave, you're a bad person. Yeah, that's like, for my situation, I made a mistake. But for other yeah. situations, if there's a toxic manager, a toxic work environment, a dangerous work environment, it's impacting your mental health severely. That's different. Yeah, I but, guess we, you can say this. If you're feeling like you want to leave the job just because your emotions say so, it's probably not a good reason to leave the job. Strictly on emotion. Strictly yeah. on emotion. If you want to leave the job because of outside circumstances affecting you, then that's different. You don't yeah. have c control over that, really. Like, yeah. when you left that one company, you didn't have control over, I mean, really, for the most part, like, all of everything they were doing that sucked. Mm -hmm. Like, micromanaging I mean, rules that I didn't like. Yeah. All that stuff. Like, so a little bit, a little, I mean, I'll say half and half, even maybe. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't even, wasn't you. Yeah. Half of it was your emotions. The other was just you reacting to the crap that the company was doing. Yeah, good point. It's never so, I mean, just one thing. Yeah, yeah, it's never just one thing. But all we're saying is if you just don't feel like working there anymore, like that's it's not really a good a good uh, excuse. It's never a good reason. If that's solely the reason, reason. Yeah, like I don't feel like it. Exactly. Amen. Couldn't couldn't and, say it better. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So now let's let's start talking more about discipline. Okay, here's Here's another quote from medium.com. So it says, pleasures through the neocortex or the prefrontal cortex, the part of your brain that has to do with making decisions and discipline. So pleasures through the neocortex do not come immediately. Sometimes they need to be pursued for years. So keep that in mind. Like, for example, going to school. Why are Austin and I pursuing a, higher edu pursuing a degree in higher education? when after we get our undergrad we have two more years of more school do we like school i uh, mean nope. like it's not terrible i really don't mind it like would i rather not do it absolutely yeah there we go same yeah <laughs> yeah i don't want to be doing it but why because we have a need for the future i mean one values going off of our values of helping people of being able to be there for others and two you need to provide for a family and i mean i'm sure there's a three i'd say for four, me like five, I, six. I want to work but i need to have a desire to work and for that desire to come i need to like what i do and in order to like what i do i unfortunately have to do four years of school and then two more years of school on top of that and so yeah like there i feel like there's always a reason to there's a reason to stop something. There's, there's a, I feel like for every one reason there is to stop something, there's usually two reasons to keep going. Yeah. At least that's a kind of my opinion on that. And, um, in that like specific circumstance that, um, like the school, there's, I can think of a hundred reasons why I should stop, but I could think of a million reasons why I could keep going. And that's kind of the discipline versus the motivation thing. But yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. That's a, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And so there's, um, in mediums.com, they give, they give an example of, let's say you really want to go to an orchestra concert and you do, you go to an orchestra concert and like even just thinking about going, you feel excited because you love orchestra, you love classical music. You feel excited just of the thought of going. Then you go, you experience everything. You can feel the sound waves, the vibrations in your body, everything. You have just the best time. For, for this concert, and then after the concert, just thinking of that, just remembering what you experienced, um, gives you that pleasure. 
right? And so this is what the article's, article says. So the quote says here, the more positive neocortex pleasures you have in your life, the happier you will be. After all, having earned it once, you can enjoy your whole life. That's a priceless gift of discipline. In this scenario, with Limbic, you play a casino for all the savings, and with the neocortex, you build a house. So the mm -hmm. limbic system is the that mammalian part of your brain where you just react with emotions. Mm -hmm. So it's saying in this scenario on motivation versus discipline, the limbic system, you're playing in a casino for all your savings, right? You bet all in on just going after that high. What if you win? What if you get all the mm -hmm. million dollars? And versus putting that money aside and buying a house being able to have a car, being able to provide for your family, and just being happier in the long run rather mm -hmm. than searching and pursuing immediate gratification that the likelihood of it happening is very slim, mm -hmm. you know? And so searching after that or going after the pleasures through the neocortex, once you achieve it, I mean, you can live with that forever. And I love how it says that's the priceless gift of discipline is you get to experience something forever and not just to go after the immediate gratification, like eating chocolate. Once you eat it, swallow it, gone. You like to really experience that again, you have to eat more chocolate Yeah. and to experience that again. But if yep. you like to get like you get a degree in like a master's degree in marriage and family therapy, you can always look back on that as an amazing experience and always draw from that as a source of happiness or a source of fulfillment because yeah. you did something hard and it took discipline to do that. Yeah. I think that's a great analogy. Yeah. Yeah. So lastly, then let's talk about how to just get more discipline. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't know much about this clinically when it comes to like a clinical practice, but for me personally, what I've done, and I don't know how true this is, but for the longest time I've done like this countdown thing. And this is like a general like practice that I've done to be more disciplined. I saw this quote one time forever ago that if you don't do something within five seconds of having an impulse, you, you'll forget about doing it. Yeah, and your brain yeah. will put it on the back burner. Who said that? Um, I don't know who it was, but I've seen it recently again. Dang, but I yeah, saw it in like high yeah. school or something. I really can't remember. But like um, if you don't do something within five seconds of thinking about that thing, like let's say you wake up and you have the feeling, oh, I got to get up. I should get up. And then you wait longer than like five or ten seconds. Then your brain's going to be like, oh, it's not important. It's going to be yeah. harder to make to do that. Yeah. And so I've always done like this countdown thing and it's it might not work for everyone, but I do this every morning almost that when I wake up, I give myself like five minutes to kind of, um, <laughs> resurrect <laughs> to come back alive. <laughs> um, and then yeah. I kind of do a countdown like five, four, three sheets go off to one, my feet are on the floor. I'm standing up Yeah. because, um, otherwise I could not feel like I'm not motivated to get up. I don't feel like getting up. I, I'm so cold. I don't want to get up. Um, I don't feel like going to work today. All up in my, all up in my feelings, you know? Yeah. And that's like a really simple practice that I've done. But I think in general, like acceptance and commitment therapy, clinically speaking. Yeah. It's focusing on what matters most to you. And so like, let's say you have a goal, you have a desire, like a routine you want to enact in your life or a goal that you want to set. You want to go back to school. You want to start a company. You want to, you want to find a girlfriend or get married, whatever it is, yeah. or find a, just a, a spouse or something, whatever it is your goal is. 
you need to tie that desire to a value. Why do you want to do this? Create that sense of urgency and then take ownership of that urgency and make it your problem and no one else's problem. Yeah. No matter what happens, no matter what happens to me or what gets acted upon me, I always have a choice about the outcome's going to be. I can, you always have agency in any situation. I think adopting that mindset and using your values to guide you, again, for me, that's been the way that I've found discipline in my life. Yeah. What about yourself? Um, I mean, kind of same thing. Like, I, I will just take it the acceptance and commitment therapy way. Like, mm-hmm. that's been huge for me as I've been able to just find things that I really value in life and work towards it. Like finding, finding what you value and what you do, even if what you do isn't what you value. If that makes sense. Surprisingly, that makes a lot of sense. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) So like work right now, it's nothing like, like it's nothing that I'm going to be in for a long period of time. Yeah. This is something that Austin and I are in just until we finish grad school and we, I mean, become licensed marriage and family therapists. So until right? we're working at a practice, yeah. Yeah, until we're working at a practice. That's that's how long we're going to be here for. So we have a couple years, and so like this this job isn't something that I'm super super passionate about. Like compared to someone who's going to be here for a longer period of time, you know, like if this mm-hmm. is going to be their entire life, like they've gone to school for like, it, like this is their career. Sure, yeah, yeah they've gone to like business school mm-hmm. and really put a lot into the company. Like they're going to be more passionate than I am. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we can't both find values in what we're, in what we're doing. Yeah. So Austin and I both, we work with customers and we teach them about the product. And I use my value of being able to help others and connect with others um, for as I, as I do my job. As I talk with people all day, every day, I use that value of connecting to have a fulfilling job and to be able to love what I do because I'm going after my value. Hmm. So that's really been huge for me. And that's what's given me the discipline or that feeling of motivation to get up and go to work. Are there days that I don't want to? Absolutely. When I had COVID a couple days ago, feeling freaking awful, or get this, two weeks ago, I was throwing up. And in the middle of a call with a customer, I had to pause. I had to put myself on mute and go throw up. It was just awful. I didn't want to be there. But I, in a sense, sucked it up and worked towards my value of saying, okay, like this is something I I mean, really have to do. I can't just not do this call right now. I have to do it. So let me just get the most out of it and work towards my value and really try and connect with this person. Yeah. And didn't, that doesn't mean I felt good doing it. That just helps me get through it. And that's what discipline is. It's not about feeling good doing everything. It's not about David Burns feeling great as I go throughout life. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the times you're not going to feel great. Mm-hmm. There are really few things in life that bring direct pleasure. You know, like a lot of things in life... As in like meaningful pleasure, not just the, the limbic pleasure. Of course, there are a lot of things that Tons can bring that pleasure. But to bring actual neocortex pleasure, long-lasting pleasure, there are a few things in life that can actually give you that pretty quickly. And most things in life, if you think about it, that are actually really meaningful to you, take time. 
And that's what discipline's all about. So it's all about finding what you value and working towards that. And that's how you're going to really have eternal happiness, happiness forever, mm-hmm. is if you go after that uh, neocortex pleasure, go after the discipline, go after the pleasure that comes from discipline. Yeah, it's a different kind of pleasure. And yeah. I think very often people's goal is happiness. And that's why I love Russ Harris's book, The Happiness Trap, because so many people, they just want to be happy. But there's, I think a lot of people forget of all the other positive emotions there are there that come as a direct product of discipline, like fulfillment, meaningful, meaningfulness, 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 <laughs> um, fulfillment. I always use the word joy as a, as an antonym, not an antonym, but like a different word for happiness. The joy is, it's less visceral. It's more longer lasting that it's, yeah. it's, it's not dopamine. It's, it's like something that can't be quantified it's more almost. than that yeah it's unquantifiable it's not something that i don't think can be measured Physics. by taking a blood sample personally yeah. i think humans are more than just the substance of our parts we're a lot more than that and that's what sets us apart from the rest of the animal population um and uh you can easily get into like religious stuff with that but strictly looking on like a psychological something about our brains that a lot of things about our brains that can't be quantified. Yeah. And therefore it's not a problem to focus on things that can't be measured like fulfillment. It's really hard to measure things like fulfillment and meaningfulness. Like it's, and if it can be easy to measure happiness because technically you could take a blood sample and be like, Oh, how much serotonin is, is going on in their brain? You know, like you could easily look at that. It's hard to measure that. And I'm sure you could take a brain scan like, Oh, that part of the brain's lighting up when they feel meaningfulness. Yeah. But hopefully the message is getting across is there's more meaningful <laughs> More meaningful ways to feel meaningful. <laughs> there's more, <laughs> there's better ways to feel positive emotions. That's yeah. something that Dr. Jordan Peterson talks a lot about in his books, that your main goal should not be happiness. It's a great byproduct of other positive emotions that yeah. will come across. And um, I had something that I was in a rant about for a second. It's probably good that I forgot because this has been a long <laughs> episode as it is. But um, yeah, the the discipline aspect of, of a human life is not one that comes by default. Unfortunately, yeah. like other things, the problems right. in our lives come from default settings. Yeah. Anxiety is a default setting that gets turned up too high. Depression is a default setting that gets turned up too high. Yeah. Really anything, most basic mental problems come from default settings getting skewed. Yeah. Same thing with um, motivation. Like Enoch was saying earlier, um, we mainly get, raised based off of behavior conditioning things like that and as we get older we're able to transcend conditioning and behavioral things into cognitive behavioral where you start to link the two because if you're just cognitive you just be like a robot like computer if you're just behavioral you might as well be a dog but what makes humans human is the fact that we have this cognitive behavioral societal psychological biological thing that is our existence yeah and as we get older and we get past that 18 year old 21 25 year old mentality the older you get the easier it is to start to transcend what it is just to be a carnal flesh walking around you can really transcend what it means to be a human and break those default settings and it takes conscious effort and relying on your values as your not as your crutch but as your carrot on the stick Mm -hmm. if that's what you want to call it if that's the way you want to look at it even that i think is simplifying it too much because it's it's more than that. It is a part of who you are. That carrot and the stick is, it's the very essence of who you are as you as a human. Yeah. And that's what you need to, I guess, focus on to really mm-hmm. adopt discipline into your life rather than just carnal feelings. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. I mean, I couldn't have said it better. And I mean, at the end of the day, happiness doesn't bring fulfillment, mm-hmm. but fulfillment brings happiness. And fulfillment comes through discipline, not motivation. Could not. That's what I was trying to think of earlier, and I didn't say it very there well. You go. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. But we hope you learned something new. We hope you were able to, I mean, maybe learn something new about yourself. Are you more driven with, with motivation? Are you more driven with your emotions? And if you are, have you been able to think of a way or an idea to work on discipline, to be able to go after those more of those neocortex pleasures rather than limbic, ple- limbic pleasures? Yeah, seek after the, uh, um, the river of fulfillment rather than the shot of pleasure. Right. And sometimes quite literally a shot of pleasure, but <laughs> yeah. look for things that bring continual, meaningful, a continual, meaningful flow of positive emotion rather than a really quick, highly reinforcing hit of pleasure. Yeah. And that, that's going to be all the difference in adopting discipline into your life. Yeah. I could not have said it better. Well, thank you for joining us. If you got this far, holy cow. It's a long Thank one, you but... so much for listening, <laughs> and we will talk to you next week. See you guys. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? 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 Yeah.